Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my good friend, and in high school, he was voted most likely to serve substantial time in prison, Justin Knight. Justin, welcome. Uh, hey, how's it going? Thank you going for great. another great introduction. Yeah, thank you. I'm on a roll. Yeah, you are. Uh, well, listen... Justin, we have a lot we're going to talk about today. A lot of news. Uh, we're going to talk about Serena Williams talking about possibly retiring. Tom Brady having to take some time away from football. Uh, Wake Forest quarterbacks, uh, his injury happening off the field, as well as some other injuries. The NFL preseason. And then I thought we would go through the NCAA's uh, website. They posted an article with the, who they think will be in the top 25 of the AP poll. So we can go mm, through that as well. Juicy. Very good. But first, let's start out with the news of the week. Uh, Saying the countdown has begun, 23-time Grand Slam champion Serena Williams announced uh, this past Tuesday that she is ready to step away from tennis so she can turn her focus to having another child and her business interests. Um, That would be the end of a career that has transcended sports. Now, she hasn't gave a timeline on this, but it seems like it's, uh, it's coming up sooner rather than later. Yeah, I thought um, she would have retired, uh, I guess, uh, probably a couple years ago when um, she had her first child. Um, But, yeah, I mean, she's had a long and best uh, career for an athlete that you'll really ever see. Um, So she deserves a nice retirement. Yeah, and after this is all she's done her entire life, I imagine it would be hard to walk away and do something else. Probably hard to imagine doing anything else. So Yeah, doing anything else would yeah. be tough. Well, speaking of that, someone who tried to do that and was unsuccessful staying retired, Tom Brady said he is taking some time away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to, quote, deal with per, uh, personal things, according to the team's head coach, Todd Bowles. Uh, the 45-year-old quarterback missed the practice on Thursday, and the coach told reporters they will not return until after the team's second preseason game on August 20th. So, a few weeks off. I think they'll be okay. Uh, yeah. I think, you'll be able <laughs> I think it's to keep, fine. <laughs> yeah. I think you'll be able to uh, <laughs> to keep up in shape in that time. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, he's not... I think two weeks isn't going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> um, in other news, NFL news, former NFL running back Marshawn Lynch, he was asleep during a traffic stop, smelled of alcohol, and told police he had stolen the car he was sitting in when Las Vegas police arrested him Tuesday. <laughs> it's classic Marshawn Lynch. This sounds like something he'd do. Yeah, he Good was stuff. wasted. I mean, they had to drag <laughs> him out of the car, and he was missing mm. the whole tire. That's I mean, insane. Yeah. It's not I a like Marshawn Lynch. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of uh, a football and some... I don't know how to relate this. This is this is much worse news. Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman, he's going to be sidelined indefinitely due to a non-football related medical injury. 
According to a statement from the Wake Forest Athletic Department, Hartman, quote, sought medical attention for a non-football-related condition following a workout on Tuesday. It was later determined that Hartman should be withheld from football activities. Uh, that sounds serious for it to be held out indefinitely. Uh, you don't just do that for your quarterback for no reason. So I'm not sure what the case is there, but definitely keeping him in thoughts and prayers. Hopefully he'll be back on the field sooner rather than later. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, because sure um, I expect him to have another good season, especially with Wake Forest. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you hate to see that, so hopefully it won't be too long of an injury. Yeah, hopefully it's, uh, it's nothing too serious, but I'm sure we'll hear some more on that here in the future. A former San Francisco 49ers star running back, Frank Gore, he has been charged with simple assault after an alleged domestic violence incident that occurred last month in Atlantic City. According to the release, officers were dispatched to Tropicana, Atlantic City on July 31st for a report of a domestic violence dispute. There, they found a 28-year-old woman speaking with hotel security. While officers did not observe any signs of injury and no complaints were filed, an investigation resulted with a 39-year-old Gore being charged with simple assaults. Hmm. I don't know what's up with all these running backs, too, that you have all these assault charges on. Um, and I always like Frank Gore, but you, know, yeah. you never really know a person either, especially any of these athletes. Um, mm. So I don't know. You know, it, you hate to see it, especially, like I said, from a guy like him. So I guess we'll hear more from the story. I feel like we've had so much bad news here up front. We've got more here. Alabama wide receiver JoJo Earl, he's expected to miss six to eight weeks because of a fractured wow. foot, yeah, mm. according to Nick Saban. Uh, he was a freshman All-SEC selection as a return specialist last season, and Earl was expected to compete for a starting job this fall. That's uh, that's unfortunate. That's a, a big loss of that receiver core as well. So Yeah, that's two now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's still plenty of other guys, but like I said, it's going to be interesting to see um, who steps up on the um, wide receiver unit for Alabama. Like I said, I think that's the only – glaring weakness i could i could see this year just with so many uh new guys so yeah that is true they do have some um like you said a lot of new guys a lot of very talented new guys but you mm-hmm. know not a ton of uh not a ton of play and experience there together i guess you would say yeah. so continuing with the the not so great news the san diego padres were dealt a huge blow to their title aspirations as their star shortstop fernando Tedes jr he has been suspended for 80 games after testing positive for PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs. His suspension, which MLB announced Friday, puts him out for the rest of the season and the first 32 games next year as well. That is a big punishment. Uh, yeah, it's like these guys never learn. This guy also has been out all season with a wrist injury because he got hurt, I think, um, racing like a dirt bike or something. Um, and he wrecked and uh, broke his wrist. But, yeah, this guy just signed a 14-year, $350 million with the club uh, last year. Um, I, I just don't get it. I mean, obviously you're going to get caught now. There's probably plenty of other people who do it, and I guess he just wasn't smart enough not to get caught. Um, it's, uh, they, poor Padres fans. They can't catch a break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of can't catch a break, former four-star wide receiver G.A. Hall, remember, if you can remember, he transferred from Alabama to Texas this offseason after spending a year with the Tide. 
Fortunately, his debut in the Burnt Orange will be delayed after being arrested on Thursday for criminal mischief. Uh, according to a police report, uh, Hall did $600 in damage to a vehicle boat and was arrested by a police officer from the University of Texas Police Department around 9 p.m. Uh, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian announced that Hall had been suspended in a statement. Uh, we're aware of the situation involving a GA Hall. I have talked to him and his family and have suspended him indefinitely from all teams mm. activities team activities for conduct that is detrimental to our program. I don't think we're going to see him again at Texas. Doesn't sound like I it. I don't know, at least not this season. Um, now, of course, he'll, he'll probably transfer or something like that. Yep. But, um, yeah, I, it just, you know, it never makes any sense with some of these guys, you know. They have so so many great opportunities, and it's just like, I wish I was that athletic and had a uh, – opportunity like that well to cap off the bad news we got one more story here the new york jets they held their breath when starting quarterback zach wilson came up limping after a first quarter scramble during their first preseason game against the philadelphia eagles wilson was then helped to the locker room did not return it was obviously considerable concern for the second uh, year signal caller but he has reportedly dodged serious injury Wilson did suffer a bone bruise and a meniscus tear. He's expected to miss two to four weeks. Uh, Wilson will now undergo uh, arthroscopic surgery to correct the issue. And the Jets reportedly consider this fortunate news. Um, so not ideal, but at least it's not mm. anything too, too serious. Reason number 1201 why preseason games shouldn't even be a thing anymore. Get rid yeah. of them. It's pointless. Yeah, I agree. I don't I mean, watch them. I doubt you do. No. And yeah. let them get hurt in a meaningful game. I mean, right. crappy preseason game, there's no point. No point any starters should be playing. They're getting plenty of reps in practice and in scrimmages they're having. Why do you have to play these dumb preseason games? Yeah, I don't know who ha- who the heck watches these. I've never – I, I can't tell you last time I watched a preseason game. Me so It's know. so pointless. You're just risking so many players getting hurt. Well, we are in the middle of week two of the preseason Um we're inching closer to the week one of the actual season on September 8th, the NFL. Justin, if you had to make a way-too-early prediction for a Super Bowl favorite right now, who would it be? Uh, to be honest, I really don't care. Um, <laughs> but if I had to pick... Huh, probably, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams won again. Just because okay. they were able to... Re- Bring uh, the same guys back. Now, the only issue, I don't think, um, what's-his-face, um, quarterback for the Rams, he's he's dealing with some elbow issues. So, I don't know how Matt healthy Stafford. he is. Yeah. I don't know how healthy Stafford is. So, um, I'm trying to think of who else could possibly. Maybe, the, you know, the Chargers have a pretty good team. Maybe they can finally make a run, um, yep. at least make it to the Super Bowl. But, I don't know. The safe choices right now are the Bills or the Bucks. Those are the t- the two favorites. Um, uh, Bill, Bills, uh, Bills will never win. <laughs> wow, that is bold. It's very bold. I mean, never. Just think about it. They had <clears throat> let's see four chances. Didn't they make it to four straight Super Bowls back in the nineties, eighties, and nineties? Lost all four. Um, that alone just tells me they will never win a Super Bowl because you have four chances in a row and you can't even win one. Mm. So. Well, right now they are the preseason favorite. Uh, so it's pretty we'll crazy. Keep up with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. 
Well, speaking of crazy, it's time we get into our weird news segment of the week, Mismanagers. Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad. Mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had. Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers. Audacity a specialty and used to drive you mad. It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive in a world of, world of mismanagers. Our first story from the day comes from Fox News. You may have heard of the Florida man, but this is about a Florida woman. Oh. And she was arrested for hurling uncooked steak at her boyfriend of 20 years. Boyfriend of 20 years. <laughs> um, well, I wonder what uh, set her off. Maybe he uh, wasn't pleased with the steak or said something. Well, uh, I think it's interesting. They've been in a, just, just in a relationship for 20 years. But, Jeez. Um, yeah, let's see. So she's facing charges of domestic assault for allegedly hurling a piece of meat at her boyfriend. Wow, that, uh, that's domestic t- assault? They got into an arg- argument and were intoxicated inside their home. Wright became oh. angry and threw a piece of uncooked steak at the man. While he was sitting on a chair, the steak missed and hit the armrest of the chair and the wall directly behind him. Uh, she eventually admitted to throwing the steak because she was tired of his behavior and they're arguing, the criminal complaint said. So, <laughs> very good. Uh, I would have just kept that at the house. Like, yeah. hey, look, you threw a piece of steak at me, whatever. I'll just I'll just leave you and leave it at that. How about there? <laughs> well, we talked about the Florida woman. Now we're going to go to the Florida man. This also comes from yeah, Fox News. There we go. A naked Florida man wielding a machete tried to steal another man's clothes. <laughs> uh, he should have just been like, hey, man, I'll trade you my machete for some clothes. <laughs> He didn't only come up with him uh, and just threaten him with the machete. The naked Florida man actually threw a machete at another man, tried to rob him of his clothes on Monday. Um, This all happened before 10 a.m. on a a Monday. (laughs) Uh, It kind of defeats the purpose. You throw your machete, your only weapon, and then what's the other guy going to pick it up? Uh, after a survey reported that a naked man approached him with a large machete-style knife, the victim told deputies that the suspect was picking palmetto berries in the woods, <laughs> ran out of the brush, brandishing the machete, demanding his clothes, wallet, and phone. Uh, he said he began to give the items over to the suspect when the naked man hurled the machete and a handful of berries at him. Deputies said the handle of the machete hit the victim in the chest, but he wasn't injured. Jeez. Yeah. Must have I'm been a plastic at a- machete. I'm looking at an aerial view of this naked man, and he looks pretty ripped. Like, he looks like a big, muscular man. Uh, this is kind of like a Terminator scenario. Too many get steroids and cocaine. And arrest him. Yeah. Don't mix it. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, and one more story. This one's very odd, Justin. As a pilot tried to make an emergency landing at Raleigh-Durham International Airport in North Carolina on July 29th, his co-pilot, Charles Hugh Crooks, a 23-year-old, bailed out of the aircraft without a parachute. Um, hey, why well, did he even want to try the landing? An FAA employee said the pilot told the tower, quote, My pilot just jumped out. Uh, his body was found in a backyard hours later after a neighbor who had heard a noise flagged down officers. This is the craziest thing ever, the FAA employee said. The National Transportation and Safety Board is taking over the investigation into Crook's death. That's insane, just to think, like, we're having an emergency landing, I'm jumping. Yeah, either, um, it didn't sound like he's, um, 
right up in the head, or he was pushed out. Uh, you know, you never know. Oh. Um, I mean, I highly doubt it. He'd have to open the other door and push him out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Maybe he thought he had a parachute, and he didn't. Once he jumped, Maybe. he's like, oh, man. Maybe he just forgot. <laughs> Should have brought the parachute with me. <laughs> yeah, no going back. Once you're, uh, once you're mid-fall. That's a scary thought, I've always thought. If you were to jump, so then yeah, just, just fall. not. Yeah, you don't. You can't go back. You can't. No. Like, it's it's done then. You're falling. Maybe maybe he thought there's no hope with the emergency landing, that they were just going to crash, and he was like, I'll just jump. What's the point? Yeah. I don't know. I don't That's know. weird. Sounds yeah, like maybe crazy, he was just right? planning this the whole time. Maybe he was just like, uh, I'm just going to end my life here. I'll just jump. Maybe. I don't know. I don't it's know. Scary stuff. Sad, yeah. too, but uh, very weird. Very odd. Okay. Well, we have to go to a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about our main topic of the day. We're going to go through the AP Top 25, the preseason predictions by the NCAA, and see if we agree with them and maybe uh, see where we think all these teams will end up. So we'll be right back. You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Hello, hello, hello. Justin, the NCAA official website has posted an article predicting how they think the preseason AP Top 25 will look I thought it would be fun to go through this and give some blind guesses on what we think each team's records will be and maybe if we agree with the ranking here. What do you think? Mm. All right, let's do it. Let's look at it. Okay, very good. Um, So let's get it pulled up here. Number one is no surprise. Um, It's Alabama. They are uh, predicted to be number one. I would agree with that. They seem to be the most complete team coming back. Last year, of course, they went 13-2, lost to Georgia in the national championship uh, but it's uh, it's not that's a safe bet, right? To put Alabama at number one, I think we can all agree that's fair. Yeah, always just throw them there at one. Okay, well, number two, uh, Ohio State is what the NCAA.com is predicting. Last year, of course, they went eleven and two, beat Utah in the Rose Bowl. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about what Ohio State has coming back outside of um, C.J. Stroud, uh, Trivion Henderson, and Jackson Smith. It's going to be hard to outscore those guys when you got those three, that quarterback, running back, and wide receiver duo. Yeah, maybe they finally uh, put something together. Because, like I said, they have a lot of talent on the offensive side. I don't really know much about the defense. I wouldn't be surprised if they finally put together a decent defense. Um, I think they could have a pretty good team. It just, you know how, how high state is. You know, they'll lose those games they're not supposed to lose. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. I think uh, – Fans are excited for them, at least. I think they're number one in like uh, ticket sales at the moment, like oh, preseason really? tickets and everything. Yeah, so fans apparently believe they have something good. Um, so we'll see. I don't. Right. I mean, the Ohio State, it's disgusting. <laughs> uh, speaking of disgusting, number three, it is disgusting, but it is fair. Georgia uh, went fourteen and one last year, won the national championship, of course. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a rebuilding year, but not really. They're going to be just fine. Um, I'm fine with Georgia being there. I don't know what I think Georgia will finish with. I don't think they'll finish with more than two losses, but I think maybe I think two, including have, their, their bowl or SEC championship, I should say. Yeah, I think they'll have three. 
Okay, really? Three losses? Yeah, yeah I just don't see Georgia repeating uh, what they did last year. Um, like you said, they lost yeah. a lot. And um, like, and we talked about it, you know, last year was their best chance to win the national championship. They did it. Um, so I think this year maybe it, it'll be kind of a down year, at least in, in their standard. This one may be the most interesting to me. Number four, uh, the NCAA thinks that Clemson will be number four. They went 10-3 and three last year. It oh, seemed like they had a worse year than okay. that, but they still had 10 wins. Beat Ohio State, I mean Iowa State, sorry, in the Cheez-It Bowl. But what's interesting about this, offensive coordinator Tony Elliott and defensive coordinator Brent Venables, both are gone. So yeah. what does that look like? Um, I mean, I, I'd say last year still was impressive with how bad it seemed they were to still go 10-3. and three. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just question marks with your OC and your DC that you've had for years. They're gone. Now, they brought in some good coaches. And I still don't think the quarterback they have at the moment is going to be good enough. Um, their defense will probably be good, but I don't, I don't see them changing anything offensive-wise. I think they still may struggle again. Um, so it'll probably be another 9- or 10-win season. I think the reason it felt so bad last year is because they started out 4-3, and three, and that was very shocking. I think they even yeah. fell out of the top 25 for a while. Yeah. Then they went on a roll and won the rest, you know, one out. But there was a, a good chance there. It didn't seem like they would become ten and three at all. You know, no. So yeah, uh, like I said, it was still a successful season with everything that. Oh happened. yeah, absolutely. But it'll just be interesting to see now without those coordinators, even though the team itself is more experienced without those coordinators, what it's going to look like. Hmm. Number five, Texas A and M. They're eight and four last year, of course. Um, Huge recruiting class this year. They did upset number one Alabama last year, and now they need to make another step toward a national championship. I don't think they have to win a national championship this year, but they should probably win the SEC championship if they want to justify paying Jimbo that money, and I don't think that's going to happen. Do you? No, I see um, eight and four again regular season, and then yeah. maybe they'll win their bowl game, go nine and four. I just, I don't know, you know. This year, now I will say I wouldn't put all the pressure on them this year. We'll see next year once this recruiting class has come through. If you know if everybody sticks around as well, nobody really transfers out any big names. But I just, I just don't believe in him as a good coach. Like I said, he kind of lucked out at Florida State when he had Jameis Winston there in that one season. But I mean, he hadn't done anything impressive at A and M. Some him and Sublin have basically have the same record after four or five seasons, however long he's been there. So I don't think he'll still do anything with this recruiting class. Mm. And they all <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they just decide to transfer out. Well, for those of you who are um, who are just jumping in here, we're looking at the NCAA.com's uh, guess at what the top 25 AP poll will be. We went through the top five, Alabama, number one, Ohio State, following Georgia at three, Clemson at four, Texas A&M at five. Now let's get to number six. This one is very interesting. Notre Dame, of course, they went 11-2, and lost to Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl, but they also lost their head coach, uh, Brian Kelly. So what is that going to look like? I don't know that they can have another 10-win season, but uh, maybe under Marcus Freeman. We'll find out soon enough. Yeah, I was thinking that they would probably have a pretty good season. Um, the defense looks good, but I think they just lost another guy, wide receiver, towards ACL. 
So I think they're pretty uh, depleted in that area on the offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I don't see maybe uh, nine wins, um, which, you know, still a good season, uh, especially for uh, Freeman's first year. So, but six is high. I they're, but they're always riding on Notre Dame. They all they love some Notre Dame. The highs they can put them in there, they will. So it doesn't shock me. And um, they do have some tough games, especially some tough road games. Ohio State, North Carolina, USC, and then they host Clemson. So those aren't easy games. That's four. No. That'd be four difficult ones right there. Yeah. On uh, number seven, Michigan. They went twelve and two last year. Lost to Georgia in the college football playoffs. Um. I don't know. Michigan is such a wild card. You can never tell what they're going to do. Uh, they may come out and look great like they did a lot of last season or terrible like they did against Georgia. It's really hard to say. Yeah, they're always up and down. and um, I definitely don't expect them to have um, to repeat what they did last year. I expect, yeah. you know, just kind of average. Ohio State will probably mop the floor with them because they're so ticked off about that game because Michigan finally wins a game against Ohio State in the past, what, 13 years? And they act like they've won a bunch, you know, the past few seasons. Yeah. So I think Ohio State will probably easily beat them, especially with Ohio State being at home. Yeah, but yeah with Harbaugh, he's so, he's so inconsistent. I just don't see them having another um, season like they did last year. Yeah, and Michigan – uh, Michigan hasn't won in Columbus since 2000 either, so yeah, <laughs> it's got to happen eventually. Hap- but I don't know. That not happening this year. No. Uh, number eight, Utah. They went 10 and four, lost to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. I don't know anything about Utah. I don't know who they got coming back. Sure, number eight sounds fine. Um, yeah, I guess but, if they have the guys yeah. coming back from uh, the offensive side, yeah. I mean, obviously their defense isn't going to be any good, but. Yeah, I mean, they were pretty good last year. I'll, I'll give them credit. So if they have a lot of guys coming back, they'll easily win the Pac-12 again, I think. And um, But they'll lose to games they're not supposed to lose. It's the Pac-12. It happens all the time. So, yeah, sure, whatever. Eight, cool. Yeah, they do have their quarterback coming back in uh, Cameron Rising. So we'll see. We'll see. Number nine, Oklahoma. They lost their uh, coach in Lincoln Riley. They picked up Brent Venables from Clemson. They went 11-2 and last year, beat Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, maybe. They're, they got the SEC coming up here in a couple years. Uh, quarterback Dylan Gabriel is back. Uh, so, maybe. Nine sounds about right for Oklahoma. That's, I feel like that's where they usually end up about. So. Yeah, they'll <laughs> probably fun. win the Big then They'll probably win the Big 12. I think there's, um, yeah. there's a lot of hype in the team, too. I think everybody's really excited about Venables being in there. And um, he'll probably have – I don't know who who his OC is, but, you know, he'll probably have a good scheme for the offense. And, obviously, you know, the defense will probably take a little bit since now, – now, I will say Oklahoma in the previous years has had the best – them and Oklahoma State have had, you know, one of the best defenses in the Big 12. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me, you know, in year a couple of seasons if he's recruited pretty well, especially once they move to SEC. They'll have a pretty solid defense. All right, and to round out the top 10 here is Oklahoma State. They went 12-2, and beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl last year. Um, they have quarterback Spencer Sanders coming back. Um, says the defense may take a little bit of a step back, but um, they'll probably start the season ranked unlike they did last year. So, yeah, I like Oklahoma State. 
So we'll see. I don't think they're going to be great by any means. I don't think they're going to have another 10-win season, but uh, you never know. Might. They might. Yeah, they blew their chance to um, – I think if they would have won the Big 12 uh, championship game, they would have made the playoff over Cincinnati or um, somebody in that – I don't know who. Maybe possibly even um, Georgia. Since Georgia got killed in the SEC championship game, that would have been funny. But, yeah, they. I like their defense. I've always liked Gundy. Um, I, like, I don't really know who's coming back. Obviously, they probably lost a few guys on the defensive side, so – um, I hope they have another good season. Um, I was, like I said, I was really hoping they'd find a way to sneak into the playoff. That would have been cool, but you know, choke away like they always do, like any other Big Twelve team. All right. Well, as we finish out the bottom uh, fifteen here, we rounded out the top ten. We're looking at the NCAA.com's predictions for the top twenty-five in the AP poll. For these, I think I'm just going to name five at a time, and then we can talk about whichever ones we want to because there's going to be fewer and fewer of these uh, that we have any interest in talking about. Perfect. Um, so I'm going to name 11 through 15. Number 11, USC, who went 4-8 and eight last year. I do want to talk about that one. Number 12, Michigan State, who went 11-2 and two last year. 13, Baylor, who went 12-2 and two last year. 14, NC State, who went 9-3 and three last year. And 15, Oregon, who went 10-4 and four last year. Let's talk about USC, though. Four and eight last hmm. year. They did get Lincoln Riley. They got a ton of transfers, big recruits, especially from uh, quarterback Caleb Williams from Oklahoma, transferred alongside um, Pitt wide receiver Jordan Addison and Oregon transfer running back Travis Dye. They got some weapons, but people are hyping them up. There's Their expectations are too high. I think everybody needs to calm down just a little bit, don't you? Yeah, Um Obviously, everybody's so excited to see that USC has some talent back, and everybody's media, especially, has always loved USC. Um, I will say they're, they'll be the most intriguing team to follow, just to see everything they have. And Lincoln Riley's there now, and now there's all this hype going to, oh, USC's back. But that does sound awfully familiar, doesn't it? Texas has been back <laughs> for like 20 years, haven't they? Yeah. And um, that hasn't looked so good, so... I don't know. I think Lincoln Riley can do a good job there. Um, now, the move to the Big Ten, I feel like that's going to really screw some things up. I don't know how that's going to fare out for him. But for right now, um, I don't know. I, I just don't see – I don't even see him winning the Pac-12, honestly. Yeah. I just – I mean, that's a big 4-8 and eight to Pac-12 champion winners and then maybe making a berth for the playoff. That's a big jump, even with all the talent that has come in. I think just bowl eligibility should be a success. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't yeah. know why we gotta, I don't know why we gotta say they gotta go to the playoffs. Like let's just win more than four games first. How about that? Yeah, yeah that's where we need okay. to start. Just get you six wins. Yeah. All right. Let's look at sixteen through twenty. Sixteen is Pitt. They went eleven and three last year. Seventeen is Wisconsin. They went nine and four. Eighteen Miami. Uh, the U, they went seven and five. Nineteen, Texas, they went five and seven. And then twenty, Kentucky, who went ten and three. Uh, Texas is interesting. I forget they went five and seven last year. That's so embarrassing. Yeah. Um, they, they do play Alabama in the second week, so that's not ideal. Um so I don't know. We'll see how Steve Sarkeesian does this year, but they, they gotta do better than five and seven or he won't be there long. Yeah, they're pretty quick to pull the trigger on the coaches, so um if he has the same record, he's on the hot seat. If he goes worse than that, he's gone. I mean, yeah. if you lose, if you win less than five games, 
he's easily out of there. Won't even be. They may fire him during the season. But yeah, I feel like that's kind of high for Texas. Then also, I think Pitt's kind of high, especially with losing a uh, Pickett and um, one of their top wide receivers, I believe, as well. So I, I don't, I don't see them having anywhere near the same successful season that they did this past year, winning the ACC championship. I like Kentucky there at number twenty, though, going ten and three last year. That's two. 10-win seasons in the last four years, and they have back quarterback uh, Will Levas and running back uh, Christopher Rodriguez. So I think they could be very good this year. I hope they do even better than the 10 wins. I mean, it would be great if they somehow beat Georgia. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's not impossible either. No. Very good. All right, in the bottom five of the NCAA.com's predictions for who will be in the AP Top 25, we got 21, Wake Forest, who went 11-3 last year. 22 Ole Miss, who went 10 and 3 last year. 23 Cincinnati, who went 13 and 1, lost to Alabama in the college football playoffs. 24 Iowa, who went 10 and 4 last year. And 25 Arkansas, who went 9 and 4 and beat Penn State in the Outback Bowl. Uh, only one of those I care to talk about is Arkansas. Um, I would love to see them finish in the top 25 or or better. Uh, of course, you know they they went 2 and 10 in 2018 and 2019, and then under year two and Sam Pittman jumped up to a nine-win season. So I like him a lot. I hope they do well. I want to see Arkansas continue to, to improve. Yeah, and I think 25 is kind of low, especially for the season they had last year. And, um, I mean, obviously quarterback's back. Now they did lose uh, Travion Burks at wide receiver. He's one of the top wide receivers in the country. Um, yeah, I don't know about defensive-wise. I know they're kind of weak in the secondary if they were able to add any strength to that or not. But, I mean, I expect them to have another another uh, good season. And uh, it was just funny to hear Cincinnati, just the huge drop they took all the way down, just with probably all the guys they lost and then, you know, recruiting so hard when you're in the AAC. So, yeah. I don't – they'll probably – they'll probably lose a couple games, two, three. Okay, well, very good. Well, we do need to move on, Justin. I think it's time that we go learn a thing or two. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. What are we learning today, Professor? Oh, well, I guess um, with the Little League World Series about to start, I'll list off some facts about the little league world series i don't know if anybody watches it out there i think it's kind of cool to uh you see these younger kids and playing baseball on espn it's you know, just about any kid's dream you get to play on espn and there have been some professional players who played in little league um anthony rizzo todd frazier aaron judge i believe played little league world series I'm not sure um so it was first played in 1947 at the original field, Memorial Park in Williams, uh, Williamsport. Um, in the first Little League World Series, all the teams except one were from Pennsylvania. At the time, Little League only existed in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. A Williamsport, uh, Williamsport area team, uh, the Maynard Midgets, <laughs> won the first series. <laughs> uh, within a few years, word spread about Carl Stotes' program. Little League was being played in all 48 states. First Little Leagues outside the 48 states were in Panama, Canada, and Hawaii in 1950. It's pretty cool. 
and yeah, 74 yeah. history of Little League Baseball World Series, international teams have won 37 championships, while teams from the U.S. have won 37. The state with the most championships is California with seven, not surprised. And then Chinese Taipei is the country with the most titles with 17. Very impressive. Wow. Um, there have been 28 different countries that send local Little League programs to compete in the World Series. Uh, countries that have won the Little League World Series are um, South Korea, Mexico, Venezuela, Japan, Chinese Taipei, and the U.S. Uh, let's see. So today, Little League Baseball and Softball consists of 2 million boys and girls in all 50 U.S. states and more than 80 other countries, which is pretty neat. Um, so each of the teams at the Little League World Series is assigned two or three team hosts who volunteer their time to stay with the team, usually well into the night, ensure their needs are met, and to make sure, above all, they have fun. <laughs> that probably nice. stink. Yeah. You have to be the host <laughs> oh, no, the for the job kids. sounds rough. Yeah. It sounds fun for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> fun for the kids. Not for oh, the yeah, host. for sure. Uh, and then this is the 75th Little League World Series this year. Which will include, oh, wow. so they expanded the team to 20 teams. And then also thought, so this was cool, so 20 girls have played in the Little League World Series as well. Um, oh, very yeah, cool. It's always cool to watch it. And um, I always like cheering on the Southeast. I think the team from the Southeast this year is from Tennessee. So we'll see okay. how they do. Very good. Wish them all the luck. Oh, all yes. All right. Well. We have to go to a break, but when we come back, we're going to give out the most prestigious awards in sports, the TG Gimmies. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game Managers Podcast, where we are about to give out the most prestigious awards in sports, the TG Gimmies. My name is Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my good friend, looking dapper in his awards day clothing, mm, his nice yes. suit, Justin Knight. Actually, just a t-shirt and some shorts, but thank you for the suit. Very Donna. good. Very good. I'm in my boxers, so that's nice. Mm, disgusting. All right. Well, I'm going to give out the first award here. This is the uh, grossest thing I've heard all week. And this actually goes to the Kansas City Royals. They have a new menu item they are selling out of the concession stands. It's a pulled pork and Reese cup sandwich. Uh, a what? Pulled pork and Reese cup sandwich. They melt Reese cups in their pulled pork and sell it. Um, there's, uh, there's no way that's successful. No way. <laughs> I don't know, but it's a thing they're doing. And, um... And they're doing it, and I hate it, and I wish they wouldn't. I mean, that's awful. Yeah, you should pull up a picture of it. It looks no, disgusting. No, I, I don't want to torture myself with even looking at it or even thinking about it ever again. Please don't yeah, ever bring like, it up ever again. <laughs> looks like a, a pulled pork sandwich with mud and feces in it. Okay, we'll go ahead and stop right there. So, um, <laughs> mine, so my award for the week is just um, sometimes you just need to keep your mouth shut. And uh, that goes to Deshaun Watson. Um, so, was already, you know, kind of getting a little help from the courts, had 20 cases dismissed. But then he goes out and says, I'm sorry for all the harm I caused all those women. I wish I could take it back. And it's like, all right, I guess just go ahead and admit it while it's up in the air like that. You just basically yeah, right. said, 
you did it. You did all this stuff that you're accused of, even though 20 of the cases were dropped. Um, I mean, like, you're not helping yourself out at all. You're going to probably end up being suspended the whole season now. Um, I mean, (laughs) you got to be a little smarter here, man. Like, come on. So, that's my yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm, I am wondering when that what we're going to see from that from the suspension when we're going to hear more about it because it's got to happen soon. We're just a few weeks away from yeah. They better hurry up first week. Yeah, so keep an eye on that. Uh, best of the week. This actually goes this week to Winton Bernard. He played a decade in the minor leagues before finally being called up to play for the Rockies on Saturday. First thing he did was uh, call his mom. You can watch the video where he FaceTimes his mom. It's a really cool moment. But uh, just seeing how excited they both were after a decade of playing in the minor leagues to get a chance at the big show, that's that's fun. So uh, good good for him. He gets best of the week. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And bust of the week. Uh, bust of the week goes to the turf at Soldier Field. I don't know if you saw this, Justin, but... The turf on for the Chicago Bears Stadium Soldier Field was awful. It looked like it had been used as a driving range. Just it was it was the dirt and the grass was kicked up everywhere, just in pellets all over the place. Uh, it was actually so bad that some of the players, the Bears players, talked about it, including the kicker, who said it could actually mess with you know him kicking field goals because yeah. the turf was so poor. Uh, it looked like worse than the high school fields. I don't know what happened. It was insane. Yeah. I don't know how you screw that up when you pay all these guys to take care of the field and you're a um, NFL team like the Bears who, um, I, w- I mean, even though they've only won the one Super Bowl, they still have very prominent history. Um, I don't know how you screw that up, especially the football field. That's the yeah. most important thing. That's the one thing you don't want to mess up. It's just right. have a good football field, clean condition. You know, you – you put all this money into it, and then you're going to have this crap for a preseason. Probably another reason why not to have a preseason game. <laughs> yeah, so probably, probably so. Probably not as much effort put into the stadium. So yeah, that's that was pretty that's pretty disappointing because, like you said, it could cause injuries. Okay, well, let's go to our final segment of the day. It's time for listener letters. Go getters, write letters. We're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. And if you'd like to write us a letter, you can write one to Game Managers Pod at gmail.com. Had a stroke there. GameManagersPod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod, or just type in the Game Managers Podcast. Send us a message there as well. Very good. We have a uh, couple letters today. This one actually comes from Justin, but not you, Justin. Another Justin. Oh, too bad. He asks, who is your favorite college football, football player you have watched? And he says that his was Johnny Manziel. Uh, Justin, I figured that Mine would probably be an Alabama player. Yours would be an Auburn player. So we would name those, and then we'd pick two. We'd pick a player each that didn't play for one of those teams. Mm, okay. About that. Yeah. So would you like me to go first, or you want to think for a second? I mean, I already know mine. It's Cam Newton easily. Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he's the reason we won the national championship. Most exciting player I, that I've seen play, especially at Auburn. Um, just great memories from that season, and um, – 
one of one of my all time favorite plays is or a couple of them because one of them I got to see in person was the South Carolina run he had. It's like a fifty yard run and then he dove from like the five yard line. <laughs> it's like he was flying and then did a Superman pose. And then the run against LSU was pretty cool too. So uh, Cam Newton for me. Uh, now let me think about the other one while you say yours. Okay, sure. So that's a very good one, Cam Newton. That's a lot of people's I feel around here. Uh, my favorite is probably Trent Richardson. I really liked watching him, just how quick oh, he was yeah. on his feet. Now Derek Henry probably beat him out for me, uh, but I think having that nostalgia, watching Trent Richardson as like a kid and seeing somebody just dominate some people like that, just all these defenses, it, it stuck out to me. Also, really liked Terrence Cody too on the defensive side of things uh, when he was with Alabama, late two thousands, early twenty tens. Yeah. Um, my favorite outside of Alabama though is probably Jadavian Clowney at South Carolina. I loved watching mm. him just tear yeah. people up. I'm a big defensive guy, and he is uh, a one man defense. So I loved watching Jadavian Clowney for sure, especially that play where he just knocks the helmet off that Michigan player. I mean, that's. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, talk about an easy play, too, considering that they didn't even block him. It was just like a free yeah. rush. And, <laughs> I mean, clean yeah. hit on the running back. Ugh, but um, Brutal. I'm trying to think. Uh, right now, um, I'm thinking of Tim Tebow. It was always enjoyed okay. watching him as a kid. Um, yeah. He was fun to watch, and I enjoyed. It was pretty cool seeing them win um, national championships, even though I, mean, I don't like Florida, but I always liked Tim right. Tebow. He's a pretty good dude. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of somebody else. That's a big that I one. That's a big one in the South too. A lot of people love Tim Tebow, even if you don't like yeah. Florida. Big Tim Tebow fans around here. Yeah, I'm trying to think of someone else I really enjoyed watching. This is kind of tough. Um, well, man, if you think about really... it, you can always uh, you can always spit it out here. But while yeah. you're thinking, we'll uh, we'll read the other letter. This is from Dan. Dan writes, which one of you two watches the most football and how many games a week do you each watch? Um, you watch more NFL football than I do. Uh, but I yeah, think probably. I probably I probably watch more college football just because I have five TVs and they're all going at once. Yeah, and I get since I'm getting stuck in dumb fantasy football again, I, I'll usually keep up with football, even though NFL football, even though I don't really have interest like I do in college, but yeah, I'll usually watch a pretty good amount of games just to see how my players do. Um, yeah. yeah, you definitely watch more college football than me. Usually I'm only keeping up with um, Auburn, and then if it's like a big game of the week or something, I'll check it out. Um, I'll usually I'll watch the Alabama games too. I usually put those on just because I'm hoping and praying Alabama finds a way to lose. But yeah. um, <laughs> I'm just rooting for the other team. But, uh yeah. You'd, I'd say I, I I'd say I'd for with what you said, I'd say a week I watch as many games as there are because I'll watch I'll watch all the Thursday games. If there's any other weekday games, I'll watch them. And then I have five TVs going at once. I've, there's not many games I don't see something of. So I, I mean, I probably watch. Yeah, I probably watch almost every televised game. Um, at some point. So yeah, I don't know how many yeah. games I watch. Um. I start I mean, like at 11 a.m. and finish whenever they finish. So yeah, like yeah. like you said, I'll I'll be watching NFL again. So I'll watch all the televised games. So what is that? Probably you know six a week or something NFL games. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Probably like eight to ten. 
football games that's a, a week. That's still a ton. Like you think about that and you think about the time commitment for that is insane. Each game four yeah. hours. You're watching forty hours a week of foot yeah, that's a full time job, you know. It's a lot of football. I mean, the sports is basically a football full time job for me. I, I mean, that's all I'm really watching the majority of the time. So, yeah, um, especially once yeah once football starts too, because you just throw it on, have it on in the background too. If it's even a pointless game or a game you have no interest in, it's just fun to have it on and just check out, and see what's happening. But yeah, oh, I yeah, would say eight to ten. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And even when I'm uh, when I have them on, I'll, I'll watch Alabama and Auburn games very very closely. And I watch other games closely, but a lot of the times I'll be doing something else, doing some work or something with it on in the background. <laughs> Heck, too, uh, so. this may be a first for me. Um, I'll probably be recording Auburn's first game because I think we'll be doing something with my parents um, Saturday night because they start at 6, and I think we'll be doing something at 6. So I think I'll have that one oh, recorded uh, and have to go back and watch it. So that'll be a oh, first. Wow. I don't know, last time yeah. I didn't watch the first game live so now do you think that you'll you'll check the score or are you gonna watch the whole thing again yeah see surprise i always fall into the temptation i have to check the score i can't just sit yeah. there and not check the score even though it's, it's a game playing mercer but i'll still check the score and then i'll go back and watch it because i'll always like to see the highlights but i'll watch the whole thing yeah i also like good. watching the third and fourth like if it's a blowout or something i always like watching the third strings play too just to see oh yeah for sure i do too okay well thank you justin and dan for yeah, your letters. great questions yeah like if you want to be like those those fine gentlemen you can do so by emailing us at game managers pod at gmail.com or tweeting or facebooking or instagramming us at tgm pod uh mm, so i got my other guy christian mccaffrey loved watching him okay play too he was yeah. exciting yeah, Christian McCaffrey was exciting. That was a good one, very good one. Way to, way to get in there last second. Thank you, yeah. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We're going to be back next week, same time. We're getting closer and closer to football season. We can't wait for the regular season to come out. And uh, and I think there's a chance that, we're gonna, that our time ch- uh, slot may change. The regular season, we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, um, follow yeah. the Facebook page and everything for that so you can see uh, when we're going to be on the air, but from for the time being, still going to be Sundays at six, from what I understand. So, uh, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Hey, yeah, have a great week. Wiggly and Uwes. Blue forty-two, blue forty-two, hut, hut, hike. Thank you for listening to the Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Until next week. Goodbye, adios, and sayonara.